mates. Welcome once again into the Little Dum Dum Club for another week. My name is Tommy Dasselo. Thank you so much for joining us. Sitting next to me is the other half of the program, Carl Chandler. G'day, dickhead. Uh, doing this from Corporate HQ today. We're doing it. We're very excited because we're, we're within... Working dog. Yeah. Within working dog. Like, I, I've, before anyone asks, I have no idea how we got here. There was a guy jump out of a van, chloroformus, <laughs> hessian bag over the head. We just woke up then. And, and we're it's here. weird that we're doing this in working dog because our guests are Harley Breen and Carl Woodbury. So it's <laughs> largely un. It, why would we be in here? <laughs> uh, well, first of all, joining us from uh, Breakfast on Gold FM and also from Utopia. Anthony Limo Lehman. Thank you. Thank you. I have had a number of people say to me just this last weekend, say, are you Anthony Lehman or are you Limo? What's going on with you? We'll get into this. We'll get into this. Uh, Also, uh, first time on the show from Frontline and from Utopia, Rob Sitch. Yeah. I could, well, there's your opening topic of conversation because yeah. I've got an admission. Oh, I'll say it now. Yeah. We're not recording, are we? we <laughs> I, about ep six, I realised, I didn't know your first name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, right. I've known you for years. Yeah. And then I waited. One of the good things about doing it, a TV show is it has credits. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> it, was you, it was only when you watched the credits on yeah. episode one. <laughs> but for episode one, I go, oh, it's Anthony. Yeah, well, this yeah, is yeah. the thing because we talk about this on the show a little bit when uh, whenever Limo comes on, and that we're fascinated that you know you you, you do work occasionally on the project. Well, frequently you work yeah, on the yeah, project. Yeah, yeah, yep. So you're presenting the news in a suit yes. as Limo. As Limo, yeah. We're yeah. talking about Syria. <laughs> Limo, let's catch up with Limo. It is it is odd. Uh, I played footy with guys to make you feel better, Rob. I played footy with guys for five years who didn't know my name was Anthony. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. That's not, that's not, uh, it's happened before that people don't know my full name. It is weird when I'm in corporate situations. I thought you to say in court. Yeah, yeah. In court, yeah, yeah. So, for example, uh, recently I was at the official AFL function at the MCG before the footy. Yeah, big stuff. Yeah, so, and, and obviously there's loads of corporates there, so I'm being introduced to, you know, people who, uh, you know, have important regular jobs and it feels weird introducing yourself as Lemo. <laughs> so yeah. I find it, and then I do double introductions. I go, Anthony Lehman or Lemo. Yes, you might know. It's my maiden name. Yeah. Have you, have you been to school with people that they get to about 40 and they, they've had a nickname their whole life? And they, how do I serious up myself? <laughs> so they go, Anthony D. Lehman. <laughs> <laughs> Put an initial in there. Put an initial, yeah. like, like they were yeah. in an investment bank or, or something. <laughs> or could you go two initials and then the surname? Yeah, the what? third. Well, so you'd be. Uh, what's your middle initial? Uh, well, fortunately, my my parents, in a sort of an act of rare vision, realised that the name Ian was was never going to go out of fashion. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Ian I. Right. So you'd be R I Sitch. Mm, rest in the, yeah. the third. The third. Yeah. yeah. Rest well, in Sitch. Well, funny you say that because everyone, uh, well, not everyone, but an increasing percentage of people write my name Stitch. Right. Yeah, Rob Stitch. And yeah, Rosie. yeah. And I let it go because it's like it's just below the bar for stopping a good conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But by the way, um, you know, uh, I'm it's glad we bought your house, but on the contract, can <laughs> yeah. you? Uh, it does thanks. need to be Sitch. A- and then, and thanks then, for having me on the project, but my name is Rob Sitch. <laughs> well, finally yeah. last year I realised that the ABC started calling me Rob Stitch. Oh, wow. <laughs> so no. I, I thought, look, just for copyright reasons, I, I better. And, and then I, so I said, look, I'm going to just an experiment. I'll, 
I'll I'll start correcting people for the first time in twenty years. Yeah, and I, you know, the first one felt awkward. You know, it's not a big deal, but you know, there's no, there's no double T. Yeah, uh, everyone does it. Yeah, it's fine. But the third person I did it to, I said, no, it's actually Sitch. She said, no. No, it's not. <laughs> They've corrected you back. That's what told me off. <laughs> oh wow! Have you? So you've never corrected people before, even in like a, if a radio interview or something. Would you not? I, just, I you know, often I just let. Often they're so good natured. Yeah, like, yeah. Here's, here's the thing. I I love motor racing, and I was asked to be in uh, the Celebrity Grand Prix. Yep. And. And I, and I, you know, it's like when you know, deep down you go, I reckon I can do this because I've, I've loved it and understood it. Yeah. And had a go-kart and all sorts of things. And I got up there one day and I, and I got up the front of the grid and I thought, this is, I'm doing it for one reason, so that Daryl Eastlake <laughs> can <laughs> yes. call my name. So back in those days, you know, you programmed the VHS, yeah. you know, you've got everything and I've got home and the mood at home is... Uh, <laughs> How good? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, do you call my name? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there he is, Rob Stitch coming up there, Stitch. Uh, I don't know where that tape is now. <laughs> it's kind of a weird reverse loophole, isn't it? In that, if someone gets your name wrong, as soon as you bring it up, it's like you're petty. Yeah, <laughs> like you're. It's suddenly in the wrong. Yeah, it should almost be on your driver's license and your birth certificate. You have your actual name. And then you have all the possible misspellings of your name, just so that it's still legal and you can still, you yeah. know, you get a, a letter that's, you know, mm. you've got a sign for that's made out to the wrong thing. Or the, so can, or, the, can be or the dictionary pronunciation, you know, after every word in the dictionary, they have the pronunciation yeah. just to help Phonetic, people. yeah. Or Siri just cuts in <laughs> yeah. on your yes. behalf. Yeah, yeah. Or well, well, how, how, often, get, how often do you get that with the predictive text and whatever? Surely that well, comes my, up with your name my, a lot. See, it's funny enough, it, uh, my phone keeps... Correcting Rob to Ron. Oh, right. <laughs> Good old Ron, Ron Stitch. Yeah, it's a slow learner because I've had it for three years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's funny those ones are predictive. Like I get to go Oaks. I don't know where that crept into my life. But instead of Oak, I go Oaks, you know. Yeah. And it, and it gives me the English oak tree spelling of yeah. Oaks. Right. And I'm going, wouldn't, you know, we're iOS 7 already. We're about to go iOS Yeah. Wouldn't you have thought that Apple would, you know, there's a guy would be there. up to speed well, with that? You think yeah. would learn? Yeah. You would have thought. You would have thought so. I, mine has learnt limo now, <laughs> but I've had a few variations over the years on limo, as as you can imagine. But the worst on pronunciations, the worst one I get is when people will go with lamo. Mm. Uh, That's always good, particularly when you're being introduced for a gig. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, please welcome lamo. Yeah. <laughs> I did uh, red faces on Hey Hat Saturday right. years ago, and all right, mate. We've all got stuff going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You mean red far chase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, Darren Simmers introduced me. Um, so Daryl Summers has gone, he's looked at the street and he's going, oh, I don't know what the, is it, is it, is it, is it limo? Oh. Lamo, lomo, lom, limo. Let's go, we'll go with limo. We'll oh, go with great. limo. Oh, limo. No. A bloke well, standing next. There's not even an eye anywhere yeah. in it. <laughs> a bloke standing next to a pink stuffed ostrich <laughs> thinks you're a bit silly. Yeah. That's yeah, great. Yeah. The other funny thing with yeah. red faces is when you have to go on it, you actually realise that every smart, funny person in the world over 25 years has been through. There's no <laughs> new way to judge somebody yeah. on that, that thing. Oh, were you on or were you a judge? I've done both. Oh, really? So, so but Santo was, I reckon, almost in the last year of it on Saturday night, was going along as a judge on red yeah, faces. Yeah, right. 
and I'm going, Why, you're, you're, there's nothing left. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's, also, that's great that you have to specify when it was on Saturday night. When yeah. it was, that's like, right. That's, that's a bizarre it. clarification that we now have to make. Yeah. Before it was reboot. cut up into best ofs. Yeah. <laughs> but Santo managed to. So he, they went to, Daryl Summers went to him and he said, Santo, yeah, he goes, and he turned to the performer. He goes, "How do you think you went?" <laughs> oh, no. The worst. No. That's worse than anything. That's and, it. And I think the person went, "Oh, okay, no." <laughs> you know what? You know what? Santo is who Santo was challenging there. Every radio program director in the country, <laughs> after every show, they yeah. walk in. How do you think it oh. went? How do you think it went? Oh, you're the one listening to yeah. it. Just no. tell this us. This is an air check. I mean, what do you <laughs> yeah. mean? I mean Oh no! So what did you? So when you competed on Red Faces, yeah. what did what did you do? I did the Thunderbirds with Nick Buffalo. Oh yeah, and, yep. Oh, Jesus, what am I talking about? We we were doing a we had the mad idea to take a year off union and tour uh, the Melbourne Uni Review right around the country, <laughs> and so we were. We were. I, we, it was a knife edge. Yeah, you know? <laughs> right. You know, it's like the startups. You know, when you hear the story of Airbnb and you go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, we were at the bit. Yeah. and so uh, we went on. Uh, someone had heard about it, and we went to the show, reversed the show that night, so we could all run out the door and go in and do red faces and 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 won it, and and it was like. You know, like a restaurant you know, out of a movie. The rest suddenly the bookings were yeah, yeah, and, right. And, till the, and, yeah, and yeah. McDonald's voucher as well, yeah. <laughs> oh, so, well, we won a a, uh, a car stereo system. Oh, you know, oh, it was nice. like, from the gift. Yeah. You know, the, but it was all it was it was so that kind of saved us. That so I look back very fondly on. Right. So that that helped you out. Red faces did not help me. In the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> what I, did you do? I came third. I did a stand-up routine. I'd been doing stand... Hang on, hang on. When you say you came third, there was three contestants. Correct. Yeah, 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 right, right. I came third and uh, I had been doing stand-up for... Uh, it had been six months since my first gig. I'd probably done ten five-minute spots. And then I thought it was time... For live national television. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. With a guy with a big gong behind yeah, it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, like that didn't give you pause at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought I'm, no, I'm going all right on stage. The, the, what? the big gong is the, the closest thing to someone saying, how do you think you're winning? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> so uh, I went on and it was, it was terrible. It was as you, of course, it was terrible. What yeah. sort of gear does a young limo have? Yeah. Well, they talked to me when I went for the audition. Before I made the, the mistake before the seventy-two terrorists joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. joke <laughs> what do you go with back then? I made the mistake of telling them I was from the country, and they have a little chat to you before sure. you do the audition, yeah. and they went, "Wait, you need to do you need to do stuff about the country. This is a great angle." Like some producer mm. who's looking for <laughs> angles. Right. Yeah. Yeah, of course, you've got two and a half minutes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Finally, Red Faces has got a hook. Great. So, they, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so I'm desperate to go on TV and win the 500 bucks. So I go, yeah, sure, it's a great idea. I'll write five minutes of new. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I do and I go on and, of course, I get gonged. Anyway, I <laughs> got six in total. 
the blonde guy from Indecent Obsession. I can't remember. <laughs> oh. He's marking you down. <laughs> he gave me five. <laughs> Sophie Formica from a former Home and Away oh, star, no. who now works on a Gold Coast radio station. Not that I, not that I Google her occasionally to see how her career's going. <laughs> she gave me one, and Red gave me zero. Oh, Ooh. Sophie. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I came third. The woman who won was a Paraguayan woman who did a traditional Paraguayan dance whilst balancing a pot in her head. Well, oh, yeah, she's doing that. It's, she, it's tough to be. She's doing breakfast on Triple M now. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> do, do, do you know what? She was about to do stand-up and then the, she was from Paraguay. <laughs> you need to do a traditional dance. Yeah. She said, well, what do I do with this pot? <laughs> Balance it on your head. What is... We've got, we've got, we've got the country guy, we've got the Paraguay. <laughs> 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 it was the other person. <laughs> well, four blokes singing a song parody from Adelaide. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I, so the woman with the pot in her head wins yeah. and still I swear, still to this day, I have mates of mine after certain gigs will ring me and they'll go, how was your gig? I go, yeah, it was pretty good. And they'll say, were you funnier than a woman with a pot on her head? <laughs> I thought you were going to say to this day I see a woman with a pot on her head and it just boils me over yeah. with rage. But what a stitch-up by the producers because they're telling you to work the exotic I angle it's a, of the... I believe it's called a stitch-up, but keep going, sorry. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, they're telling you to work the angle of the being from the country knowing that they've got this Paraguayan... De- yeah. You never, it, like, I was the never country gonna beat can't that. compete. I was never going to beat that. What is your country material? Oh, look, I said how it's from this really small country town. Like, there wasn't even... I've watched it back. There really aren't jokes in it. In the driving home afterwards, did you rewrite it and go... And you've, you've I, used it ever since? Well, as you know what I did? My big mistake is my centipede, which was a joke I was doing at the time, which was getting laughs. So my joke at the time mm-hmm. was, you know how a lot of towns have big things to signify what the town's about. So there's a big banana, because they grow bananas... And there's a big uh, orange and there's a big whatever else. Yep. I said, oh, I'm from this little town called Pibingo and four people live there. So to signify what the town's about, we've got a big fuck all. Oh. And, and it, so this was my joke off oh, okay. in, live, yeah. in live rooms, right? right? Yep. We've got a big fuck all. You know, it took 30 council workers six months to put it up or whatever. Right? That was the joke, which was getting decent laughs. But of course, I can't say that. So I say big stuff all, which uh, completely wipes the impact. Yeah. Of the oh, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. So Red wrote on his card stuff all. Oh. <laughs> so that was how he scored. Oh, he me. got Sweet you. Back. Have yeah. you. So yeah. you have you brought this up to? I imagine you would, would have been in contact uh, with him. Like you look, know, I've. I've I've brought it up with Sophie Formica. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because Will and I did a thing about it when we were on Triple M, and we got and Sophie came on the show. So we had a laugh with her about the fact that she gave me one out of ten. And I, I've got, I th- I'm pretty sure I have brought it up with Red. But, of course, Red can't remember it because he's, yeah. Yeah. you know, because he came so many people oh, over sure. the years. It's just, it's just Pol Pot, remember that corpse. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So he... Uh, he lives right near me and I see him at the park all the time. So if you want, I'll get in his ear. Oh, uh, yeah, play, yeah, bring it up. what you've done to I, Limo all I think those years I, ago. I think when I brought it up, Red gave me that look... That you get when you think you're the only yeah. person who's bringing something yeah. up. It's yeah. like, you know, if Dermot Brereton, someone comes up to Dermot and goes, I was there in 89. Like they were the only one at the ground. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. he's like, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, sure. Let's That's hear it. your story. I was, there. I was there in 89. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Funny enough, I went along. Oh, you were there in 89? Yeah. Oh, right. So, but I went along and I've gone, oh, God. You know what? It's the grand final. They're crap tickets. They're buried in a pocket 
Yeah. Right by the point post. Oh. In the exact pocket where Gary Ablett kicked yeah. on. Oh, oh, <laughs> it was oh. like the best seats you, you s- ever have. You saw him thieve that ball out of the ruck yeah, and kick it over his shoulder. Yeah. yeah. It, McGuinness, it took one out. I was like, it was, it was it, in front of you, you know, like yeah. it was like 3D glasses stuff. You know, <laughs> right that, there. Because, the, you know, that they are football, when you're down there at one end and the football's at the other end, it's a long it's way It's a away. long way away. But when Gary Ablett's in your pocket, he's in your lap. <laughs> When he's in your pocket. His shadow fell over me. Yeah, <laughs> and it hurt. It broke a rib. <laughs> <laughs> just, just getting back to your name, Limo, I, what I do like how we started to talk about Anthony Lehman, that on on the show you have the credit Anthony Lehman, which, yeah, I, I think we're getting around to that maybe. But on Utopia, you're talking yeah, about Yeah, on Utopia yeah. With, compared to the, the project where you've, you're Limo as a news reporter basically, but yes. it's like you've got your full name, Anthony Lehman, on, on Utopia – I like it that almost like Anthony Lehman is now your stage name. <laughs> yeah. Your name, your name is your stage name now. Like, I, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about yeah. that. When I'm pretending yeah. to be someone it's my, else, when I'm when I've got a serious role, uh, I'm Anthony Lehman. Yeah. yeah. Was a proper, was just a proper acting role. Yeah. Then I'll be Anthony Lehman. But what it's happens a, is it'll get it, it's it's worse. In the in the sort of the legal section, <laughs> the titles. Yeah. It's worth doing those things because it'll be. It'll be dubbed into German at one stage in the future. <laughs> yeah. People will be looking up IMDb. I can't find this guy. I can't yeah. find him anyway. Yeah. It's weird. It's sort of like yeah. – it's almost like how um, uh, The Rock kind of gradually transitioned into Dwayne Johnson. You remember it was Dwayne The Rock Johnson for yeah. a little while? That took some effort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm going from Limo to Anthony Lehman. To Anthony Limo Lehman. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's just – And then Anthony – the yeah. seamless so, transition so back in Anthony Lehman. So he's in my list of people when you meet, they're actually, you go, they're like really nice people to meet. Oh, you've I mean, met you know, you, Don't you reckon you, everyone keeps a kind of a list? Because that's what everyone asks. Uh, yeah. I ask it all the time. Yeah, absolutely. What were they like to meet? What yeah. are they like to meet? Yep. And, you know, he was, he's a, he's, he was just totally easy to meet, decent guy. Really, really lovely bloke. Could not have been what, nicer. Uh, you, so, you sometimes get a skewed image of people when you work in radio or television interviewing them because they're selling you something. Sure. So they're, so they're on. So they're on slightly better behaviour. But having said that, some do leave a different impression than Ooh. others. And he was an extra nice who's, guy. Who's top three and bottom three? <laughs> <laughs> look, top three. Uh, look, New question, you know who's bottom three? It's hard to go... <laughs> And I know this sounds boring because everyone says it, but Hugh Jackman... I was about to say. ...is a remarkable individual in the sense that when you interview him... Hmm. And you would, would have met him before as well, Rob. You interview him and he is just – he is good to go from the outset. You right. can ask him one question he's away. Yeah. He brings stories to the table. He's got things to say. He's always in a good mood. It's never too hard. It never goes too long. It's never too difficult. He's just – he sells a movie like no one else. Yeah, and that's why I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But in Brownlow terms, H. Jackman, three votes. Oh, yeah, he is three yeah. votes. He's in, in golfing terms, he's off scratch. Yeah, he's off scratch. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, he's, he's absolutely. Funnily enough, I reckon now most, most people, because everyone has to travel around the world. Yeah. You, you know, you, funnily enough, I find it's, it's a rock and roll. I used to measure people. When we did the panel, I used to measure entourages. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. And so I think the most we had. Might have been, I might be unfair to someone, American songstress, call it. 
Could yeah. be Avril Lavigne. I can't remember. Right. And I think it was 17 or 19 people. <laughs> and so, and then the lowest we ever had was Warney drove himself. Warney. <laughs> 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 Not only that, I had, the, I had this. When I got there, he beat me to my own show. Yeah. <laughs> And was already having a fag with the with the makeup ladies out the back. <laughs> I bet he was. And he's just going, and but just so easy. Uh, Warnie's, Warnie's, I love Warnie. But that's he, the thing. He's like, a superstar. You, you hear all those stories, and he's someone I would. Ge- there's not that many people I would genuinely like to meet, but he seems like that because you never hear a bad story about meeting him personally. No, I t- no. you know my my take on Warnie, having got to know him a little bit over the last twelve months, he's a bloke who is always in a good mood, always in a good mood, and genuinely wants good things to happen. For people around him, like he really does, he wants things to work out for you. Yeah, and he'll really do his best to help in any way that he possibly can. But he is up and about, super positive all the time. You're right. We should get him on this podcast. Yeah, you <laughs> should get him on. You should get him on because he, because he, <laughs> he's got. It's it, it, mind you, it's that same attitude that's got him in trouble a few times. Yeah, don't yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, that's right. We, we before the show one day, I think we were asking him what happens. What happens in the uh, Channel Nine commentary booth before you? And he yeah. started imitating Bill Laurie warming up. Yeah, and right. That. Yeah. And he's he's he's, he's always he's got, he's his tail's always wagging, isn't it? Oh yeah, he's always. Hey, speaking of entourages, guess we had Usher come into the radio. Yeah, right. Have a guess. Entourage. Oh, okay. Numbers. Uh, I, I would guess you've just beaten the American Songstress. Eighteen. Eighteen. One. Oh. He came in with one, per, one person from the record. <laughs> yeah. came, Warnie drove Warnie. him in. Warnie drove him there. He came in with one person from the record. Warnie ushered usher. usher. That was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we couldn't, because we were waiting for an entourage. And he's just come in with one person from the record company. Wow. Was, There's which, a, rare, which rare, we were very impressed. There's an American rapper who's just advertised for a job on their staff and it's he'll pay you 50 grand a, a year to roll joints for him. You just go around and you just... You just roll and blunts for him. 50 Gs a year to just do you be put that a on a, Does that go on a business card? <laughs> yeah. Legal yeah, issues. If he gives you the ass, where's that going <laughs> on your resume? Uh, no, how, how awkward is it to fill in for your occupation when you're leaving the country? <laughs> <laughs> I roll drugs uh, for people. Oh, but okay. there's none on me right now. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I do. I actually just time. went to New Zealand a couple of weeks ago and I, I'm a, unfortunately they've got the occupation too. Yeah. And I, something suitably nondescript, I just wrote media. Right. Yeah, but we didn't have any check-in luggage, so we were out of there like you know a greyhound at the start of a race, bang straight through, and and they look at us, you know, heightened terror alert. Yeah, <laughs> they're going yeah. carry on baggage, you know. What do you have a house here? No, yeah. you're just staying here. But you, yeah. and he goes, what do you do? And I go, oh, oh, no, <laughs> yeah, walk it through now. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, great that you're still doing because I mean I feel like that. I still put my first job as my job. I don't want to put uh, comedian. Because I'll put that graphic, <laughs> graphic designer. So. There you go, I'll do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Then he'll make me draw or something. Yeah, yeah. They were also sus at New Zealand because you've put Rob Sitch on the form. They're like, no, no, it's Stitch. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. Using an alias. You've got to yeah. watch out for this Stutch. one. It's Stutch. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anything I'd know? Oh, you know that one. What do you make? Oh, anything I'd know? No. What else? <laughs> so did they eventually let you through without having to give up something that they would have recognised? Did, did you eventually cough up the red faces appearance? Or? <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you familiar with the Thunderbirds? <laughs> 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 yeah, we had Nick Buffalo just in here before, so yeah. 
The, I, I don't want to disparage the New Zealand Customs Service because they are—they're always up, up for a bit of a chat. Right? So, so eventually, happy ending. I, yeah. oh, I did a. F- I was thinking, what got to New Zealand? And they said, oh, the cast. He goes, oh, I've seen the cast. You know, just and then yeah. and then I'm going. Then then I was away. So I, you know, I I, I love going to New Zealand. I don't want to disparage them. Yeah. Are you, are you going back there again soon? Well, yeah. well, well I just realised. Hello, New Zealand <laughs> Customs. A guy got thrown off a plane the other day for actually writing the word terrorist, so I'm just going to be a bit careful. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The little Dum Dum Club does get played on Air New Zealand as the in-flight entertainment, yeah. so, yeah. You never know. You yeah. do want to yeah. be cautious. Where, Rob, in your travels, yes. where is... Uh, okay, let me tell you a very quick story first and then that will help me frame my question to you. I was in Las Vegas with Fitzy, Ryan Fitzy Fitzgerald, and I said... Is that how we're going to do everyone's names yeah. from now on? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's just that there's a Fitzy that works at Triple M, so sometimes when I'm talking to yeah. me, they go, the Triple M, or the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Fitzy, big brother Fitzy, and I said to that, him... That sounds classic that Osterio need to have... Nicknames for someone already called Fitzy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I say to Fitzy as we're about to we check into our hotel and we're about to go for a walk just down the strip, and I said, "Mate, this is going to be a nightmare for you." I said, "I give it," and we had a little bet between ourselves how long it would take before someone yells out. <laughs> so I said, mate, it's going to happen within five minutes. And he's like, mate, we're in Vegas. I, it's nah, oh, an hour. And yeah. I swear we walked out of the hotel. It was about 35 seconds. Oh. <laughs> Someone goes, Fitzy! <laughs> and he's like, oh, g'day, mate. Jeez. And that was, a, uh, that was a marker for the rest of the holiday. He was copping it everywhere he went. But have you been in weird spots around the world where just your classic Aussie has piped up. You, you, fortunately, one of the benefits of getting older <laughs> is the. I went to eat the island of Eos. Yeah. And uh, you know, the, I think if you're over 19 years of age, they don't let you on the island. You know? <laughs> right. you know? So you normally protect. It was all Australians. You know, they yeah. saved them after the global financial crisis. But I find with with comedy, most people uh, come up to you in a good mood. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Do you know yeah. what I mean? They, they sort of uh, – the one that I like that is occasionally is the guys with standards so that they're, they're in a, they're in a tr- tradies ute, you know, one of those, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, V8 yeah, yeah, things. Yeah. And, and I used to get this a bit. They'd go, Sechi! And, and I'd turn around <laughs> and all they'd do is they'd do that little quick flick of their fingers. Yeah. I'm not a dickhead. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, saying yeah. g'day. Just said g'day. You said yeah. back. That's it. Deal done. Yeah, yeah nice. I like the nice. idea of the tradies going by and they're sipping their flavoured milk going, bloody Mike Moore over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, they've got standards. Yeah. The one I like, the one where you get with them, which might happen with some tradies or just more likely groups of young Drunk blokes. This happened to me at the cricket, actually. I was the catcher. Well, you've got such a yellable name as well. Yeah. Like, I feel like yelling it now. I was the catcher at the... You know in the T20 last year they had catchers would sit in the crowd? So I was a catcher for a game. And that will not be happening again this season. (laughs) It was was a terrible idea. Never quite worked. Anyway, so I'm sitting there for a whole game. And at one point it's a group of lads behind me. And and I'm listening to the commentary because you have to listen to the commentary because I might cross to you. So I can only vaguely hear them through my earphones. They're going, lame up. Lay mate, lay mate, lay mate, lay mate, lay And then eventually I turn around and they go, fucking dickhead. 
<laughs> I like to think and that I just laughed like I had to pay it it just made me laugh <laughs> do you know when I was talking about the Grand Prix before I did the first ever one and yeah. Albert Park was packed you know yeah on the day and you're sitting on the grid about an hour before the big boys yeah yeah they get you out early yeah. and you're right and the grandstands were it was just a hundred thousand plus of people yeah. And I'm sitting there, you know, the fire suits on, <laughs> focusing, yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah. zoning out and all this. And fair dinkum from, like, I reckon 30 rows up in one of those huge grandstands, crystal clear, I can go, hey, Robbie. <laughs> I've got the motor revving. I'm going, I can. <laughs> well, there's no. I go, and it's important. Robbie, and I'm going. There's no way he'll think that I can hear him with all of this. It's a grid of forty people. And Fedik, of course, he goes. I know you can hear me. <laughs> so I'm winding down the window to speak to him. And then finally, you know it again. Then there's a fucking dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't pay me that ultimate compliment. <laughs> Yeah, nothing like your drunk, drunk blokes down the pub. The other one I hate is when they get you wrong and they're convinced you're someone else. Uh, well, oh, we were, we well, we've, ta- been, we've yeah. been talking about this lately. I went out with Lawrence Mooney one night. I've just got home. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, yeah. he copped. It was that thing where we went to the football. Uh, we went to the football a couple of weeks in a row. And uh, I thought, oh, this would be interesting to see where, you know, Lawrence is on the radar these days with, a, with his own show. And he got a lot of people coming up. And they all thought he was you. Really? He got limoed all night. <laughs> Loz. <laughs> I've never been. I've never had Lawrence Mooney comparisons right. before. No. Okay. No. I. You know what I got recently? I'm getting my hair cut. It's my hairdresser. True story. All right. Oh, we believe he, you. That's <laughs> <he's>, <laughs> what, that means everything to this point. Yeah. Went on red faces. <laughs> <laughs> he's cutting my hair. He's English. Right, he's cutting my hair. And he goes, you know who you look like? I said, oh, <laughs> you know, who's that? I've had some good ones over the years. I go, oh, yeah. Uh, who's that? I'm ready for someone to put a spring in my step on yep. it. You and McGregor. Lazy yeah. Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Robert De Niro had that one before. Oh, sure. yeah, I can see that. Quentin Tarantino I've had before as well. Oh, yeah. the, the, the little chinny. And he goes, no, you've, uh, you've really got a bit of the Oliver Hardys about you. Wow. I said Oliver Hardy from Laurel and Hardy, <laughs> that big fat bastard with the Hitler moustache. He goes, yeah, it's just in the eyes. Yeah. yeah. His eyes squint yeah. because the rest of his head's so yeah. fat, they push yeah. his eyes close. Was that just because I wasn't talking for five minutes? <laughs> what, what was that? Oliver Hardy. Wow. That's yeah. a, it's as funny as it would be. You, you want to say, you realise you're just insulting me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, really? The big fat bloke. Well, that, that comes back a little bit to, to, you know, your role on Utopia. I, I, I'm sort of a little bit obsessed by the idea of casting and, and we've talked about this a lot on the show about, you know, how you do that sort of thing. I love the idea of you, you know, maybe, Rob, you looking at Lima, you know, you've got this, this job for this character that needs to be, you know, a real bit of a dickhead. You go, Limo. <laughs> Comes straight to mind. This guy, this guy's a complete fuckhead. It's funny is because we shot a small test, uh, like over a year before we did the series. Yeah, I reckon it was eighteen months even yeah. before. Yeah, we got a building that was about to be demolished for you know, single room apartments. I think. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and we went up there and just with a very basic, hardly any set dressing, and and the, so the idea of the character was 
these these big offices have people that come in and they these guys never suffer pain they cause pain yep so that they just walk in with the latest whim and some people just are in a really good mood the whole time not yep. realizing the damage they cause <laughs> yeah. the power sort of insulates them so it was that character we often talked about that didn't we yeah, yeah. just that idea of yeah. the way you roll up the way you sit and you don't realize you're interrupting you don't and you and because you're happy uh, this is all positive. It's, yeah. all, it's all great. It's yeah. all great. So, yeah, so my guy, is, he's always in a good mood but just ruins everyone's day all yeah. the time. And it's never, it's never Jim's fault either. No, no. It's never Jim's fault. And we, we started adding things like, you know, that you don't have a pen. You know, people like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's yeah. actually no limit to how they start spoiling your day. Yeah. They, yeah. they accidentally take the wrong document off your desk. <laughs> you send them the documents, they ask you to send them again. Yeah. They ring you at five to five on a Friday with something you've got to spend the weekend. <laughs> My, which I know you love the lime. It was the episode where, what, what was I suggesting that eventually was... Space program. Kai, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm suggesting a space program. I said it's a great idea because Rob went to a, uh, Rob, uh, Tony went to a primary school, Rob's yeah. character... And did a brainstorm session. Of course, primary school kids, they yell out space. So Tony's being nice. We had to, oh, yeah, sure. Yep. And then because of a new computing, a new IT <laughs> issues in the building, this gets emailed to me. So I try and push the space program. I mentioned it to the prime minister and everything. <laughs> and then eventually it doesn't happen. And then... My character says to Rob's character, oh, well, lesson learned. Yeah. <laughs> As if he's the one By who? that's been yeah. pushing it through. Yeah. Lesson learned. But learned. I've had a lot of people get in touch with me on Twitter and say, I hate your character. Yeah. <laughs> which, is really, which is really weird, which I think is a compliment. Yeah. yeah. That they live with someone like that. That I think I, I, my character either annoys them in the show or they know someone like it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, this is the thing. With that sort of setup where, you know, with the show being set up the way it is, Rob, there's you, there's Celia that are sort of like the... The two, same, with the two of us, the two, two people the two whose lives people. are being ruined. Yeah, 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 you're the two sane people left on the planet. Everyone yeah. else is <laughs> just mindlessly destroying yeah. things or making things wrong or whatever. As a you know, as a kid, if I watched comedies like that, I would get so anxious, and yeah. it sort of brought it back to me watching <laughs> yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah. I just get so anxious because you just feel like reaching to the TV and going. <laughs> Either kill the people doing it wrong or kill the people left to put them out of their misery. Like, it makes me so well, uptight. Well, it's, it's interesting because in, what it's based on is the, is, is the modern workplace process that, that the person with responsibility, everyone then goes, oh, you're responsible, and then they drift away into process. Yeah. So they don't – they turn part of their brain off. And yeah. so there's, in our office, there's only two people with true responsibility <laughs> and everyone else is just going through the process. Yeah. And you can't sack people now and yeah. you can't, you can't yeah. even give and, them a bad review. And because it's a public service, people get, they go, yeah, that's, that's exactly what happens. People who work in public service, I've bumped into and they've gone, that is exactly like our office. Yeah, great. Which is there's all these dimwits that you just can't do anything about. People in those kinds of jobs I've found are obsessed with how shit it all is. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, they'll, like, frequently go, oh, yeah, don't ever get into that. It's all just... But, like, no one seems to be able to have the capacity to... <laughs> no one ever moves on. Well, it's all about the security. Yeah. Once you're in there, you can't, you can't ever lose that job. Yeah. So they, lo- they love the security of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to have friends that were just <laughs> obsessed with getting this council job, this government job, and you go, what do you want to do? They're like, I don't care. As soon as I get something... <laughs> I'm protected for life. Like, what a bizarre way of, of using the years you have in you. Just, you. You're slightly secure, but you, you're doing something you don't want to do. 
What's mm. like? It's like when you go. It comes along. What do you call it, initiation or you? What do they call it when you turn up and a, and there's a briefing? You, oh, so when you, oh, orientation, orientation. Yeah, but they, there's a there's a where it's an indoctrination. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Indoctrination. Oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah. And you have to sit a, an exam. At the, you have to pass the indoctrination exam to show you're safe to walk around. Like a, right. So in various <laughs> yeah. film shoots, I've had to because we've been in a place that needs an indoctrination. You have to sit through a lecture mm. and, and answer. Cool. Questions that I mean, can't that isn't that what witches hats are for? I, yeah, I know. So that's what. So people really connect to that in in Utopia. Yeah, that sense of frustration. The sense of frustration. frustration. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I've, I've done a bit of temping here and there, and it's kind of it's that thing where you go into sort of government places, sort of similar to that, and it's always. You know, you meet people on the first day and they go, oh, yeah, you're temping here for four weeks. What's your story? And you go, ah, I want to do comedy and, uh, you know, do shows in the comedy festival. And from then, you're just the most hated person in the building because it's like you're... The, the fact that you're treating this as a little temporary right, thing right. and then you're going on, it's like, you're just like, ah, this is a little bit of extra, a little bit of fun for me for four weeks. But everyone else, it's like... Ah, oh, well, this is where we've ended up. So, yeah, yeah enjoy your little <laughs> visit into our full-time world. Yeah. So how do you play, having learned that lesson, how do you modify? Oh, I've learned no lesson. I'd still <laughs> behave in the same way. Oh, good. I was just, I was just worried I that you'd, you'd actually done something about it. Yeah. <laughs> so this was, this was a couple of years, a few years ago now, and at the time I could never work out, like, why does everyone hate me at these jobs? And then a year after I stopped sort of doing that stuff, I was like... You've convinced oh. yourself that's the reason why. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you have aspirations outside of that workplace. Do I love the episode where Celia's character sees another guy in the office uh, on seek.com and just openly at his desk? <laughs> and she just can't do anything about it because... Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. saying it's, that's like it's like you know on your honeymoon looking up e- eHarmony. <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to work a, in a. I did for like maybe six months or something. I worked in this government department that was uh, it, it was just doing data entry, but it was uh, proceeds of crime kind of stuff. So it was sort of like if they bust if the police bust someone. Uh, growing marijuana at the back of their house. It was like everything that has been either bought with money that they've made from that or that they've bought to do that stuff kind of goes into a system and has to be catalogued for how much. And it's also places where murders have happened and stuff. So I get this stack of files that's all that I'm just putting into a system and it's all about pretty heavy crime and stuff. And so for, mm. at least to start with, I was like fascinated. I was like, man, this is, this is really cool. This is really interesting. But everyone there is just – it's just white noise to them. They're yeah, over. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, what are we – so anyway, that bloody Honda the, the, where the woman got strangled in the back. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's going up for auction house. Just a bit complete – like totally over it. Well, process mm. has in so many ways. It's because this process is so efficient that outsourcing and process like call centres and, and you know, when, when people ring me, I often, often wonder – I often try to find out where in the world they are mm. – which, 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 how outsourced is the call center? You know, they might ring. Hi, I'm from Toyota Australia, and I'm going. No, you're. The, you did. You did. You know, cousins' imperial leather soap yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what so, were they yeah. ringing about? <laughs> it was just something to which I I got the the wrong num- number. They're ringing me personally. I go. Oh, I know who you're trying to call, and I can't. No, I can't tell you that for privacy reasons. They've called me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But one, I tell you, one of the ones is I love knowing that trying to guess the sheet that's in front of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. If the 
person you ring says oh, this. Say this next. Go yeah. there. Oh, and yeah. Go there. And the best, you know, if you if you look, if you're bored, I often kids, I'm a bit bored. I go. Get on the phone and try and cancel a credit card. <laughs> that is, oh, I tell you, that it is a went, nightmare. Oh, it yeah. was almost hand-to-hand warfare at the end, yeah. where you, I just realised that that her metrics were to not actually let me cancel that credit wow. card, yeah. do anything, but let me losing a client yeah is yeah. and in the end she goes I'm sorry Robert but I can't help you <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. and it must have she must have hit a button like you know the Mr. Mr. Burns on the Simpsons yeah. <laughs> and, and I goes are you telling me <laughs> and, then, and then obviously a, a manager's listening in and going you know that's it was like Defcon 5 or whatever <laughs> and, and then and literally a little calm came over and she goes all right, Robert, you, you can cancel your credit card. <laughs> it was like the, the manager came down and said, you've done enough. Oh, I always, whenever I'm on those calls, I always think of, can you remember years ago, and this would be 20 years ago now, this was like, I remember one of the first ever emails that went around everywhere, oh. and it was a guy phoning Ream Hot Water, and he had had a leak <laughs> oh, yeah. in his room. Can you remember this one? He had a leak in his Ream Hot Water system, and it was a weekend. So he rang Reem and left a message and it was like, I've got a leak in my hot water system. You're going to have to come around and fix it. In fact, for people listening, if you Googled it, I'm sure you can find it. Mm. Um, and then anyway, it goes on. There's about six calls. By the last call, this guy is beyond <laughs> postal and he's yeah. so angry yeah. that it's <laughs> hilarious. And the build of the calls is one of the funniest things ever. So yeah. that's always in my head when I'm yeah. getting frustrated. Yeah. I think I don't want to become yeah. no, entertainment yeah. for the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I get the opposite because they tell you now, they let you know, just this call is being recorded and if I'm in a bad mood, if it's a bill dispute or something, there's a part of me that goes... Maybe I'll go viral at the end of this. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I almost think if, if well, it's if this gets bad enough, I'm just gonna let rip and really turn well, it on. You know you know the best one I've ever heard is Tom Gleason goes the other way. He said he was on the phone to someone once, got really annoyed. And he said, I just want to confirm this is being recorded, right? Yeah, this is being recorded. Well, play this in a fucking training session, will you? <laughs> and then started schooling the person on the other end about how to speak to someone who's a oh. client on the phone. Wow. Do you, do you know that, 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 that hot water service is going bust? That is, yeah. that is, there's a category of in comedy, I reckon, of that produces tears. You know, when you, yeah, yeah, you know yes, what you say? Yes. Sometimes it goes, I'll give you another one about uh, this is fictional, but you know, Tony McClare used to play Guido. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a couple on that. If, you, if, you, if you're up for, you're just a lazy uh, five yeah. minutes and <laughs> yeah. you want to laugh your head off, when he rings up the guy for the job and he keeps right. ringing him back, <laughs> and he goes, Yeah, mate, uh, you pick me up at, <laughs> he's applying for a job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you come around, pick me up, you know, in that fantastic voice he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you, go, and he keeps ringing him back. And it is, literally, it's, seriously, I, if I listen to it now, it's tears. Oh, I love it. I used to love Gwen. I don't know, I don't think I've heard that call. Oh, I like him pulling there. up uh, Buckingham Palace, and because the Queen was visiting Australia and going, If she wants, she can stay on my couch. <laughs> She'd stay for free if she does some shop, yeah, some uh, 
Shifts in my what? nan's fish and chip shop. <laughs> but if she takes any pickled onions, she'll get the sack. <laughs> <laughs> but he so used good. to go, at about the fourth phone call, you're going, right, I'm out now. Like, I can't. Yeah, it's hard to I, listen to. I can't. I'm done. And well, literally, <laughs> yeah, can I it? It's me again. <laughs> <laughs> can I dick it? I don't know. If ever, I don't think I've told this uh, on the show before, but a friend of mine works at a bike uh. store in Port Melbourne. And a guy called up, this is a little while ago now, and goes, oh, hey, man, yeah, I've got this brand of bike that you guys sell in there and I've had it for about six months and um, I was wondering if uh, I, I could sell it to you, like if you guys would uh, buy it from me and you, you might on-sell it secondhand to a customer. And my friend goes, oh, we don't, we don't really do secondhand bikes in here uh, so we can't help you. But, you know, you just put it, seriously, put it on Gumtree and, you know, someone will take it off your hands within like a day. And the guy goes, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's really, that's really good advice. That's really smart, boy, mate. I'm I'm glad that you told me that because my next step was going to be calling up the KFC in Geelong and seeing if anyone there wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like, thanks, mate. <laughs> mate's just like, no, I've got so many follow-on questions. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love those old. <laughs> you know, an old PE teacher of mine used to tell this story. Just speaking of that. That, that level that brings you to tears. And he swears to this day it's a true... Well, I say to this day, I haven't seen him for a long time, but he used to swear this story is 100% true, right? And, this, and again, I was reminded of it recently because we did a topic on the radio of injuries you've sustained that you can't recall how you got them. Yeah. Because I woke up with a scratch in my head and I couldn't remember. We had a girl phone through, said she went out on a big night with friends and woke up the next morning... With a broken leg in plaster oh, and couldn't, couldn't remember doing it. That's a big night out. Wow. Uh, but anyway, so this PE, old PE teacher used to tell this story about, uh, and this is back in the 80s, right? Bunch of mates around at a guy's house, they're going out on a Saturday night. Go and watch, watch Limo in Richmond. Oh, yeah, yeah. Richmond yeah. Street. Everyone's, everyone's ready. Uh, the guy who lives there is in the shower. He comes out with a towel wrapped around him. Uh, and all the boys are there having a couple of beers watching telly. And he walks over to the television and leans over to change the channel on the television and wakes up in hospital. You know? And the doctor's there and he says to the doctor, what's going on? And the doctor says, you've got concussion. You've got stitches in your sack. You've got a broken rib and a dislocated hip. And he says, what the fuck has gone on? He's walked over to change... Channels and television with a towel wrapped around him. The cat is beneath him, has jumped up and clawed his sack, right? <laughs> his head has cannon forward into the television. He's knocked himself out and fallen on the ground. The blokes have picked him up to put him on the couch and they're laughing so much they've dropped him on the coffee table. <laughs> 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 Which has broken a rib and dislocated a hip. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's something where if you put that in a TV show, the viewer People would go, go nah, yeah, that didn't happen. That's too much. That didn't happen. Yeah. No, that's too far. <laughs> yeah, maybe if that was you, maybe if it was Oliver Hardy, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't have been able to pick Oliver Hardy up. But, I, I, you know, I, I actually like, I respect the outsourcing, like the phone calls, that sort of thing, because any time, like it sort of works professionally for me, I think, because if I ring up like an airline and try and change something, it's just that thing where when you're talking to someone that English isn't their first language, they're going... You know, they've got a very simple lexicon. And if I'm trying to talk them into going, no, but surely you can do this for me. And they sort of go, 
uh, no, I don't understand what you're saying or, or whatever it is. And you go, <laughs> okay, well, you get to keep all that money, I guess. I'm, you, like, you've I done can, this well. They can frustrate you into submission. Yeah, yeah. I just go, oh, I can't communicate this any better, so I give up. All right. I, I think that's mm. quite an effective way of doing it. But Well, if we're talking customer service, this is something that I saw recently in the news. We don't talk about the news much on this show, but this is something that genuinely tickled me. Mm. Um, the start of it, the genesis of this was there's a, a local fish and chip joint near our house that put a, their, their takeaway menu in our letterbox. Mm. And it's your classic. It's yeah. four bucks for a burger. It's a super cheap joint. Yeah. And on the back of the menu, there's a special deal that they've got going on where if you spend 50 bucks, you get a free can of soft drink. Now, is that not one of the worst deals? It's a hell of a deal. A family a a pack deal. is 19 bucks. So you're getting two family packs plus a little bit more yeah. and then you're getting a singular can of soft You're getting two family packs. You need to buy another three burgers. <laughs> yeah. 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 So anyway, me and my girlfriend are obsessed with that. And then there was a story in the paper the other day that a pizza hut out in Mount Waverley had a oh, deal yeah. going on where – if you bought 10 large pizzas, you got a free guinea pig because yeah. mm. they went into cahoots with the local pet shop. You know, and if, I if love you're, it. If you're eating 10 large pizzas, you cannot be trusted with a guinea pig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the clock's ticking on that on I just want to know everything about this story. Like, I want to know, was this... the, the cause it's, <clears throat> Because it's a great thing of when one store of a chain kind of goes rogue. Yeah, and but I, I like the idea I mean? at the moment because Pizza Hut is going through quite a, a lot of trouble with their discounting their pizza. So every pizza is like $5 or something right. at the moment. So they're, all the franchises are hating Pizza Hut HQ because they've, they're, they're cutting out all their profit. They're all going broke. And it must be like they're all teaming up together to you know take on Pizza Hut HQ. This is not fair. This is unfair working conditions. Meanwhile, one bloke's gone rogue and gone, you can get a free... <laughs> A free, free chicken if you yeah free <laughs> hamster if you if you buy pizza it's like oh you've done done all our hard work like yeah. pizza hq are going to go we don't want to listen you're the sort of people that are giving away rodents with our food <laughs> then we don't take your opinion on board but I just want to know was this Pizza Hut are, are in trouble and they've gone into the pet shop and gone. Guys, we're getting flogged out here. Is there anything that we can maybe work on together? Or have the pet shop come in and gone, look, we yeah. we put a couple of extra zeros on the guinea pig form. Yeah. We've got we got heaps of if you maybe want to give some away. Well perhaps the pet store was giving away ten large pizzas with the guinea pig, so they work together. No, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was trying, just trying to do the maths there. But anytime you hear something like that where you know someone up in a head office has had a brain aneurysm overseeing that, is, is, it brings me a lot of joy, like someone having to drive out there. But I, I like the image of like a fat dude on a Friday night and you've walked into his place and he's just a big guy with all these pizza boxes and just all these guinea pigs running around everywhere. People are going, where are they from? They just come with the pizza. I don't know. But even if that was a legitimate offer, 10... Ten large pizzas and you're getting one guinea pig. Yeah. Like the exchange rate on that is just... So your argument is you should get more guinea pigs. Is that what you're saying? Less pizzas or more <laughs> guinea pigs, yeah, is how it should right. stack out, I think. The connection's uh-huh. interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like of all the things on this planet it's, Earth. It's weird yeah. algebra. I mean, ten- free, free garlic bread, I get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it, it's the thought maybe ten... So ten large pizzas, that's then a lot of left empty pizza boxes that you can then build a little habitat... For your guinea pig, and out. you could feed the crust too. Yeah, 
the guinea pig as well. If it was that was Pizza Hut, of course, if it was Pizza Haven, the guinea pig would have been stuffed with cheese and inside one <laughs> yeah, of the crust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guinea pig comes to you riding a streets vehicle. Yeah, yeah, but, but I like the idea. You know, when you're a child, you you know you you're learning all the time, and you know maybe your first pizza is a Pizza Hut pizza, and you're going at some stage in your life, you're going out there getting a pizza and going. But where's the guinea pig? Like, <laughs> don't you get guinea pigs with all pizzas? First experience. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a... If, you know the habit of getting the four cents a litre off on the... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of... It's, I try not to get into those habits because... <laughs> <laughs> it becomes very distracting for very little return. Yeah. Very little return. <laughs> very and, little and return. seriously, if you buy fuel on Tuesday instead of Friday, it's 16 cents a litre. Yeah. <laughs> but I've, I, for about six months I started, you know, collecting yeah. them. And it's just the hassle factor. Well, I, you know, at the supermarket they always say flybys and I say no because I've got it in my head that you need a bazillion points yeah. to buy like a toaster yeah. or something. A whippersnipper. I know, people who, yeah, <laughs> I know people who do do it and they say, no, really, it adds up. Really? But, but then, that mentality... Ad, but that... then administratively I just know myself and I know I will, might start it and I won't be bothered. Well, with the it other thing is if I, you know, get... Brought up on trumped up anti-terrorism charges at some point. <laughs> that the federal police go into the flyby <laughs> account, and the front page of the paper has all my flyby purchases. <laughs> you happen to buy some fertilizer at some point? <laughs> <laughs> no, but three dental flosses. You know, you know how you get. It's not about the anti-terrorism. It's about yeah. the, your personal yeah, secret. Yeah. Ten pieces. <laughs> Good. Wow. And now I love the. Uh, you know when they those stories happen. You know David Hicks. Always had that photo with the bazooka oh, yeah. on yeah. his shoulder. Show, David yeah, yeah. Was, have you had him on the show? <laughs> yeah, many times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you haven't? No. no. I tell you why. I tell you why. No, I, we I, haven't had a terrorist on our show, <laughs> Limo. Because, well, well, here's my here's my David Hicks story. When he came back to Australia, and he went to Yatla Prison in South Australia, uh, Will and I got his dad Terry on yeah. our show. And we said, and one of the things we said, we said, Terry, have you got a different photo of David you can give to the press? Because that shot of the bazooka on his shoulder, have you got him playing with some kittens or something yeah. as a kid? And that's, uh, it's, it was, it's a terrible Tinder profile as well. But yeah. <laughs> it really is. Anyway, we rang Yatla Prison and we said, can we speak to David Hicks? And, they, and we said, you know, it's Will and Lemo Triple M, can we speak to David Hicks? And they said, well, no, you can't speak to him, but... The radios in all the prisons in the cell block where he is are all fixed. So we can change the station to Triple M and you can give him a shout-out if you want. <laughs> oh. So they change the station to Triple M. So we go on air. We play that call on air. They've got the same deal in Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. And then we say, and uh, you're David Hicks, uh, you know, shout-out Will and Lemo. You know, we hope they're treating you well in Yatler and blah, 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 right? <laughs> And then it was after that that we had Terry in and Terry Hicks says to us, David heard the shout-out and wanted to say thanks. <laughs> <laughs> what if you just stitched him up and, you, and you're like, oh, and we've, just, we've all heard on the news on the outside that you sung to the police like a canary and good on you for that. <laughs> oh. Just really get <laughs> if, what if that's, if, Is that on your permanent ASIO record now where it's like has dealt with terrorists before? Has, has <laughs> dealt with terrorists. I don't think so. I wonder if... Uh, have you ever, Rob, had like a really bad papped moment or a really bad photo they've used uh, well, well, in the paper? No, I've, I've been papped one day, but not papped in the... I, we were up at, for the Sydney Olympics and we had... <laughs> 
we had a, a film coming out at the time and, you know, it was, it's the Olympics. I mean, yeah. you know. And we went to lunch at Otto. <clears throat> it was right. on one of those finger wharfs there. Yeah. yeah. And there was a small, like, indoor, outdoor plant box about two-thirds of the way down the pier. Yeah. And Jane and I had a lovely lunch, finished, walked out, out and strolled along, and a guy with a telephoto lens jumped up, <laughs> took the photo, and normally you think of the right thing to say on the way after, you know, yeah, that yeah. night. <laughs> and he took the photo and went, boy, you're having a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Olympics, like every dignitary in the world is in town. And you've hidden behind a plant for, you know, an hour and the you know, staked out Otto and the best you can get is us. Carl Lewis is staying up the yeah, front. Yeah, right? yeah. Michael Jordan, Carl Lewis and Tiger Woods are having a coffee. They went out the back door. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, Rob, we were talking a little bit before about uh, Utopia. Now, of course, um, Frontline, uh, which is another show that you you did, you wrote, were in. Um, I actually studied that, and I'm sure you've heard this a lot, I studied that in in English uh, at school in Year 12. And uh, I wrote an, I had to write an essay about it, which I got a C minus for. I've got it here, so if you could get in touch with my teacher and get that grade bumped up, that'd be great. It's funny, they, I read the uh, when that came about. We had, I think, I mean, we had a lot to do with making the TV show, but nothing to do with the teacher materials mm. that went with it. So it was an official part of the curriculum, a various curriculum, yeah, curricula, right. curriculum, and I uh, read some of the teacher materials. Really good. Yeah, right. Like you go, oh, this is how they do it. Like <laughs> right. The teachers don't just teach oh, from the... I thought you meant, oh, this is what our show was on about. <laughs> a little. A little. Oh, there was that too. Yeah. I was, I was there was a, there was a yeah, second yeah. level. Oh, no, we meant, we meant that. We meant that. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of hoping you were going to say that it was all wrong because... Like, no, I... no, from memory, and I'm not sure whether there were various teacher materials. Right. The bits that I read... Was you know it, it always ended up in a very schooly way. Yeah. Name the areas where moral ambiguity plays a role. You know that I mm. lose interest at that point. But the backdrop, the framing of the scenes and what this scene represents, I go. That's you know, it's it's you strip some of the humour out of it, but it's pretty <laughs> yeah right. pretty accurate representation of what underpinned the because it's a bit of a cliche. But like when you know I study films and media studies as well, and we'd have to get really in depth. And you know the teachers would always be going, oh, you know they've put this here to set up this and to sort of show this and. You know, when you're that age, and especially if you're a bit of a lazy student, you go, yeah. "No, nah, they didn't. They're not thinking that deeply." And it's it's been my greatest dream to meet a director of a film that we had to study, yes, and just go, nah, is that?" And have them go, "Nah, it's just in there." Well, because it looks good. Well, it's funny. Is there's a Woody Allen film? I can't remember the name of the film. Was where is it? Annie Hall. Yeah, where he's standing behind a, in a queue, and someone's saying Marshall McLuhan or whoever. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. that, and he yep. goes, "No, he did." Oh, and he grabs Marshall McLuhan or whoever yeah, it was, yeah, and, yeah. Oh, right. and goes, yeah, yeah. "What did you mean by that?" He yes. goes, "I didn't mean that." <laughs> See, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a great uh, interview with uh, Noel Gallagher as well. When after Oasis had hit it big after their second album, the What's the Story, Morning Glory. And an interviewer was getting really bogged down in trying to get the meanings of different songs on the album. And eventually he'd had enough and he said, look, they don't mean anything. Seriously, he goes, Champagne Supernova? I have no idea what that is. There's yeah. two words that sound good together. Yeah. Go, he goes, stop trying to break your brain well, working you, out the meaning. You know, the, the, on Rockwiz they say, what was the first concert you ever went to? Mine was Status Quo. Right? Oh, so right, now, yeah. Now, 
I was out of date. Were they that. doing the coal song back then? Or? <laughs> well, isn't it interesting? After all this time, oh, so I'm out of fashion, am I? <laughs> but the funny thing is when they originally came out here, the full original contingent with Alan Lancaster et al., they, um, they were interviewed by Molly and um, they said what was a big hit was down, down... Prices are down, yeah. It was <laughs> Brackets, prices are down. This is the original version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Molly, I'd love to get the clip of it because I'm sure it was some of the boys from Spinal Tap must have seen it and saw this oh, really? yeah. interview because they had the long hair. It was, the, it was status quo. <laughs> it was a dun and dun and everything had those three bars. Yeah, yeah. And they go, so what's the story behind it? Because we saw it and I think they said something like, like it's down, down and then we... You know, to make it rhyme, we we went deeper and down. <laughs> What's deeper than down? It's deeper and <laughs> it rhymes. And it was like, and it really, <laughs> the underpinnings of the down, down, deeper and down song ran out at down, down. <laughs> it is. It is a, I, there's a Alice Cooper's song has a song "Schools Out," okay, and it says, and there's a line in the song that says. Uh, School's out for summer, school's out uh, forever, I think. And then the next line is, and I can't even think of a word that rhymes, is the line in the song. Oh, really? And yeah, the line in the song is, I can't even think of a word that rhymes. And, it's re- and he says it really quickly to oh, fit it into really? the right number of beats. Right. Yeah. Well, that always fascinates me with songs where it's like that thing of, you know, people are pouring their heart uh, into their art of, of music and whatever, but then... It's like you've got to get this message across and this. But just make sure that last word rhymes with the last word of the <laughs> first. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. what a weird way of getting something yeah. right. I don't like hearing all that stuff about, like, musicians talking about where songs came from and stuff. Like you're saying with... Like, Triple J will do it when they have the album of the week. Mm. They'll Whenever they play a track from it, they have the artist before it going, oh, here's where this came about. And it's like... There was a, I think I talked about this recently on the show, the Jack White album. He's like, oh, yeah, this just, there's a brand of licorice that I saw when I was overseas and I thought, oh, that's a cool name. You go, oh, man, what a bummer. I know. That's like when I found out. You know, uh, uh, Kurt Cobain was at his house one night with his girlfriend and they were uh, spray painting on the wall mm. in their house and she had a deodorant called Teen Spirit mm. and she sprayed it on him. And then she wrote on the wall, Kurt smells like teen spirit. Yeah. So that's where smells like teen spirit right. yeah. comes well, from. And everyone ha- attaches clearly a much deeper meaning to it, but it was really literal. Well, I've got a great, he actually did smell like I've teen got a great spirit. story about the naming of the Beatles album, Abbey Road. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, though, that it's, it, it does amuse me that we take singing, people who sing, <laughs> so oh, seriously. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Like they're taking on the Taliban or something, yeah, you know, yeah. And also in, in in sport, it it that's one of my great amusements I, is that literally warriors, mm. you know, it is you know brutal brutal sports, and they get off and their warrior dance is to sing a song. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right, and they're very good at sport, and shouldn't be stretched. <laughs> <laughs> but, into but, other areas. Yeah. No need to be a triple threat, boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, but, no. but that whole singing, the, you know, the idea of singing, any, like any weird idea, if you take a step back or if you say, you know, if the aliens landed tomorrow and then you go, and then they say, what's that? And you go, that's singing. You're like, why is your voice like that? Why have you all of a sudden turned from this to this? 
this? Yeah. Why is that? Why yeah, do people just, do that? You're so big and tough and your way of celebrating is to sing. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the AFL songs where they're all so kind of old-timey. And That's right. Bop, 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 yeah. Bop, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I said that on Twitter once. I said, oh, such and such team has got banjo in it. How can you, how can you support a team with a team song's got banjo? And someone said, they've all got it. Just briefly, Rob, going back to uh, Frontline being part of the syllabus and whatever, I find it interesting that thing of like, so there must be like so many people out there that sort of review the show and were massive fans of the show, but then there's probably two years of people, a tiny little generation that really can't stand that show if they've had to study it. Yeah. Oh, I say to people, I goes, I had to study you at school. It's my apologies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it wasn't my intention to convert it for evil. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, that said, you know, when I did English and all those sort of subjects, wow, they picked boring texts yeah. for us. That's yeah, what I'm, I remember about it. It was so like, oh, man, this is a real win that we're getting yeah, to do something yeah. that's... I mean, it does dilute it having to do it a lot, but at least the first couple of times you're watching it... Oh, it was like them when they're saying, you know, well, we were studying the songs of Paul Kelly, and people go, oh, why? And you're going, well, why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah. I find it immensely interesting. It makes a lot more sense. Uh, Damien Fleming, who we know, he has got his son into Supercoach, and he said for two reasons. One, they can do it together. But he said... Mathematically, he said the maths ah. is oh. brilliant right. for an eight-year-old. So he's got to he's got to work out a he's got a salary cap. He's got to budget his players to be, fit within the salary cap. Mm. So he said Supercoach is actually an awesome teaching tool. Oh, get that on the syllabus! Wow. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know what? Bookmaking as well. You know, there's a lot of numbers there. Say. Get that involved. <laughs> yeah. so I, I go to the TAB with my boy, but I mean, it's just Supercoach. <laughs> just very quickly as a sidebar, the teacher who I had in Year Eleven who showed us Frontline, his name was Mr. Bourbon. That my mate was convinced that it was like a fake name to try and make him oh, <laughs> sound cool. cool to the kids. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Bourbon and Beefsteak. Which I love, yeah, coming here. He is Mr. Machine Gun. Today, <laughs> students, I'm not like the other oh, teachers. Oh, wow, what's he got to say? <laughs> Here's Mr. Lego. He used to be a primary school teacher. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. I think that's just about all the time we have for the Little Dum Dum Club this week. Limo and Rob, thank you very much for joining thank us. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Uh, Utopia, Wednesdays, 8.30 on yes. ABC. Yes. And it's also and all on, on iview. Yeah. Well, iview, IQ, DVR, and there's yeah. a repeat on Sunday nights, isn't there? Uh, there is a repeat on Sunday nights, and it is uh, coming out available uh, in a DVD mm. uh, at ABC shops uh, once episode eight has wrapped as well. So. Well, that's what I was about to say, because we do have a lot of international listeners of this show, so anyone in that position, it's well worth checking out. Uh, yeah. Very funny show, really and also lots it. of friends of the show in Exactly, well. that's the Silly great Piccola, thing. Luke yeah. McGregor. Uh, uh, as well as yourself. Yes, Kitty Flanagan, if you had Kitty. No. Yeah. He's never been on. Dave O'Neill was in an episode. Dave O'Neill, Dave yeah. Lawson, uh, CJ Fortuna is oh, in yes. an episode. Uh, good good <laughs> body of comedians. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Scott yeah. Cam did yeah. something for us. He renovated. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, guys, uh, thanks very much uh, for listening and we'll see you next time. See, see you, mates. mates.